whether it's taking care of family. Ugh, Mikey, stop harassing your sister. Climbing the corporate ladder. Yes, yes, yes. We need to create a new spreadsheet for the project. I know, I know. Or even taking care of loved ones. I'm here for you, Mom. You have to put you first. It's the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith. Hey, you all. I hope everyone is having a productive week. It has certainly been a very busy week for me. Um, Busy in a good way, though. Um, I really can't complain. I checked off a lot of items on the to-do list and just got caught up overall. And it feels amazing. I know you can relate, you know, that that feeling of accomplishment, uh, which is a never-ending process, at least for me. (laughs) Um, So welcome to episode five, Taking Back Control. On this episode, I will share information to remind us all that love doesn't hurt. And I know what you're thinking. Amanda must be completely losing it because love absolutely does hurt. And why, yes, I know if you've ever been in love, sometimes it's not always rainbows and daisies, you know, hello. But the essence of love when we are in love with someone who respects us and values us does not hurt. It doesn't, guys. So before I go any further, I want to caution you that we'll be talking about very sensitive matters pertaining to domestic violence and physical and mental abuse. This material may be triggering for some, and I want to give you the opportunity now to skip this show this week and join me back next week. So you do have to promise that you're going to come back. Um, On this episode, I'll also share one of my recent book finds, which includes that facade that we're always trying to put on to mask our feelings. And that book is actually written by a very talented journalist who I'll share later on in our spotlight segment. But I wanted to, you know, again, put information out there that reminds us that you can Peel back these layers, guys. You got to do it. You've got to peel back those layers. And I know it's a process and I know it's easier said than done, but you want to definitely operate in your authentic self. I'll also introduce you to a very courageous woman um, who is also very gracious, uh, despite everything that she has been through. And um, she is a survivor of domestic violence and has a powerful story uh, that rocked the D.C. region back in 2002 and easily grabbed global attention. So yeah, lots of treats in store, and we're gonna go ahead and get started. The Spotlight. In continuation with our Women's History Month Spotlight, I'm really excited to share with you a book that I discovered while listening to one of NPR's podcast archives on the It's Been a Minute podcast with Sam Sanders. They featured a journalist by the name of Alicia Menendez, who wrote a book called The Likeability Trap, How to Break Free and Succeed as You Are. Love that title, right? The Likeability Trap, um, which we oftentimes all fall into. On episode two with Carrie Addington, a poet and talent developer, you all might remember, I actually touched on this a little bit how we hesitate to put our authentic selves on the table um, actually got a little <laughs> heightened, if you can recall, might have slammed the table or two. But yeah, you know, we often do this, how we don't express ourselves fully uh, with the fear of feeling inadequate or being judged. 
This book goes further into talking about the problems Alicia was seeing in the workplace where people were not bringing their true selves fully and really felt forced to not really rock the boat expressing themselves by doing things that were safe or likable amongst their peers. Um, but this is truly a serious issue and impacts greatly our interpersonal relationships. So I'm glad that Alicia touches on this. You know, we often joke about these office politics and, you know, these are very ingenuine circumstances that keep us from fostering real relationships. Not pretty. So please go get this book. It's definitely a staple. And, you know, please don't you fall into the likability trap. Exclusive guest interviews. Before I proceed, I want to warn you that the content shared on this segment can be triggering for some as I do address domestic violence and abuse, um, which both will be covered to shed light on the real issues my beloved guests went through. So please take this time to sign off if you think this may be disturbing for you, uh, but definitely make sure you join me next week. Whether you lived in the DC area or not, back in 2002, you'd be hard pressed to forget the turmoil that rocked that region when the city and surrounding areas within the DMV were terrorized by a serial sniper who went by the name of John Allen Muhammad and later became known as the DC sniper. I remember those times, you know, for one, I remember very well the anxiety that came over me and other people with just doing regular things like pumping your gas or, you know, walking to and from the mall parking lot. It was a big deal to do back then. You were constantly looking over your shoulders and, you know, walking briskly to wherever you needed to go in fear that you were going to make national headlines the next day. I have an amazing guest who will join us on this segment who lived this terror firsthand as a DC sniper's ex-wife, Ms. Mildred D. Muhammad. Mildred is an award-winning global keynote speaker author, and advocate for domestic violence victims. She is an international expert speaker for the U.S. Department of State and certified consultant with the U.S. Department of Justice Office for Victims of Crime. Among various other global appointments and speaking roles, Mildred is a survivor. She is a survivor, and I had the opportunity to speak with Ms. Muhammad about her story and what she's doing now to help others in similar situations. So Mildred, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. Um, well, the first thing I want to do is you have been doing a lot since that year of 2002. <laughs> I can't even keep up. I can't even keep up. Um, you know, you're speaking everywhere. You're participating in all sorts of uh, women empowerment events. And I really just like to take a second and learn uh, what your overall motivation behind the work that you're doing right now is. Our overall motivation is to assist victims and survivors of domestic violence, especially in COVID, to live a safe, healthy life. I don't know if you are aware, but domestic violence has evolved from a worldwide epidemic into a worldwide pandemic within a pandemic. So we don't hear the stories that you should be hearing because of the pandemic. Of course, as you see on the news, 
the majority of the conversation is about where to get vaccines, what are the new guidelines, and all of that that's associated with the pandemic. Every now and then you'll hear about victims and survivors in this pandemic or their stories or something to that magnitude, but it has to reach the level of either a murder mm-hmm. or just an horrific event that has involved a police officer being killed or assaulted. Yeah, you're Otherwise, right. It's always extreme cases. It. That's right. Correct. So just know that teleworking has caused abusers to feel empowered and emboldened. And it is a gift because now they don't have to do half of what they were doing to get the, the victim to stay home. I recently wrote a book, an ebook called Being Abused While Teleworking in COVID-19. Ugh. And the purpose for writing it as an ebook is because with the abuser being at home, they will intercept books. They will mm-hmm. intercept any deliveries that the victim or the survivor is trying to receive with an ebook. You can download it, put it in a special file and read it when the opportunity presents itself. But it's also a book for employers and bystanders too, because we all have a, an opportunity to help the victim more than we have ever had. I'm so glad that you're actually putting that information out there and have developed some resources. One of the things that we always do is we look at the man or the woman, because we know, you know, victims can be both genders, as we all know. And we always look at them and say, you know, just leave, just get out, just. And we know that is not always, you know, easy to do. And so I would like for you to share, you know, what are some of the main reasons that you found that women and men stay with their abusers? Well, the reasons are the same before the pandemic, but it is a different environment right now because for the pandemic, shelters, law enforcement, nonprofit organizations had to rethink the way that they were operating. No one could go to shelters. We were on a lockdown. No one was able to leave, right? So now that some of the requirements have been lifted, organizations are able to, with social distancing and masks and hand sanitizers, are able to now see victims of domestic violence. The reason why they stay financial, um, nowhere to go, family members, you can't go with family members. Now we're in a pandemic, so it's either you stay home or you go to a shelter. And so those are the reasons right now. It's economic. Yeah. Not many people are hiring. You see people losing their homes. They're being evicted from their apartments. Um, yes. Homelessness is on the rise as well. And so where do you go? That's right. The number one reason is where do I go? Right. But you know what, what we have to, to stop doing is stop asking the victim, why do you stay? And start asking the abuser. Why do you abuse? Mm -hmm. Because when we ask the victim, why do you stay? Then we're putting the total responsibility of the abuse in the relationship on the victim. And we kind of skate, leave the abuser alone to continue to do his or her 
violence or traumatic chaos that they are inflicting on the victim. So we have to get away from that and start holding the abuser accountable. Start asking him or her, why do you abuse? Why do you feel entitled to control someone else's life that's not yours? Why do you feel entitled that this person has to stay with you? And if this person decides to leave, then you feel entitled to kill or maim this person so that they can't go on to live a healthy, safe life. Why do you feel entitled Mm -hmm. to do that? And we don't hold the abuser, man or woman, accountable for that. And we have to start. I am so glad you said that because you're right. We don't oftentimes hear the other narrative of asking the abuser why they're doing what they're doing. It's always uh, the spotlight and the attention is always on the victim. Always. Even when, if it's a celebrity. Yes. What do they say about the abuser? They they list all of their accomplishments and they tell every from their childhood all mm-hmm. the way up to when they get to this point of abuse. And you do not hear the victim's name. You don't no. know who the victim is. You don't know what they've accomplished. They've been reduced to being a victim. But you want to highlight all of the accomplishments of the abuser and it's it always happened. It hasn't stopped. It even continues to yeah. today. So we have to stop that. We have to stop making the victim feel like it's his or her fault for reporting. It's his or her fault that the, that the abuser's life is now in turmoil or is being exposed for who they truly are because they are truly a Dr. Jekyll and a Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm, and I spell mm-hmm. Hyde H-I-D-E because they <laughs> hide in public. Yes. But they don't hide at home. So if I'm coming to you and I'm telling you this is what this person has done, why do you instantly take the side of the abuser without even looking at what I'm stating to you is true or not? You're right. In media, we do hear about these abusers and, and their cases, especially if they're high profile. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they say is, well, why is she coming out now? You know, all these right. years have passed. Why? Well, I don't think we need to dictate anyone's healing process, no, right? No. It takes <laughs> courage yes. to come out and say that knowing that I'm going to be criticized and told that it, the, the abuse is not that difficult. Take, for example, Rihanna and Chris Brown, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Before the pictures came out, because we are a visual people. If I don't see your abuse, then your abuse does not exist, right. right? So she's telling everything he's done. He did or he did this, he did that. First thing they did was took his side. Well, Chris wouldn't do nothing like that. Right. She must have done something. It was like you her said, the fault. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Thing. Exactly. And then when the pictures came out, then it was a whole different ball game, right? Visualization. Right. That's what we have. And so now, now he's suffering from the abuse that he caused to her. And then they tried to make her forgive him because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Make her forgive him so that he paint him in a better light. You right. have many victims where the family members and the friends of the abuser will attack the victim for exposing them and will tell them, if you don't recant your story, then we're coming after you. That's Mm -hmm. a real issue. We don't talk about that. 
Yeah. And you're right. It had to get to some very extreme, you know, circumstances mm-hmm. for us to really pay attention because Correct. you're right. If I can recall that Rihanna was sharing, you know, stories about all, his behavior all along. All, all along. Mm-hmm. And um, you're right. It wasn't until we saw those pictures that people just kind of stood back and said, oh, OK. And then they're starting to pay attention. But look at her. She's black and blue. She's swollen. Right. You know, But Hello? that's what they needed to see, the black and blue. So 80 percent of it don't have physical scars yes yes you could be sitting next to one right now right right you don't even know it right because we don't talk about the verbal abuse too no we don't no we don't and that's just as damaging first assault (laughs) to domestic violence it's a verbal assault the first assault it's not a hit it has to build up too we don't talk about the one to eight we talk about the nine to fifteen because every nine to fifteen seconds a woman is abused Right. Mm. But what about the one to eight that leads up to the nine to 15 seconds? We don't talk about those because there's no physical assault, nothing the police can do, no matter how much they threaten you. We'll have more with our guest on the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith. Hello, I'm Salma Hayek. Love is trust. Love is dignity. Love is respect. Love is also speaking out when someone you know is being abused. For 15 years, the National Domestic Violence Hotline has been saving lives and answering calls from victims, friends, and families, and they will be there for you. Call 1-800-799-SAFE for personal and confidential help. You are not alone. And we are back on the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith. As now, uh, you know, an accomplished speaker and author and all these wonderful things, maybe even during your purpose finding journey, you know, to get out of that situation that you were in, can you kind of share a time or walk us through what you had to do to kind of regroup and what I'd like to refer to as, you know, the selfish moments. One of the things our guests do is share their selfish moments. And what was that talk that you had to do to yourself, Mildred, to say enough is enough? What did that look like for you? For me, I had to silence the other people's opinions and focus on me because there was no, actually really nobody I could talk to. Mm-hmm. My children were small. They didn't know what was going on. I only had me. And so I journaled. Journaling mm-hmm. was my saving grace because mm-hmm. my journal didn't talk back to me. It just accepted all of my stuff. And I would go back every week to read what I've written the week before to see the growth that I was experiencing. And so journaling became that for me. People were victim blaming me to the highest level. If I would have stayed with him, then he just would have killed me. If I would have stayed on the West Coast, then the people on the East Coast would still be alive. How dare I call me and my children victims when none of us were hurt or killed? And how dare I bring this drama into this quiet community? So I was blamed on every level that Mm -hmm. there was. And there was really no one I could talk to. And even when I tried, they still took his side. Well, you should have done more for him. Mm -hmm. You should have been there to help him. You should, you should, you should. I'm like, but you wasn't even living with, you don't even know what was going on. Okay. So, all right. All right. So number one, not fighting with anybody. Your opinion is your opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to their emotion. And so am I. I'm entitled to my opinion. And I'm entitled to my emotions. And I'm entitled to walk away from you. 
Mm-hmm. I'm entitled to not listen to you. I have the right to choose who will and will not be in my life. And that's how I took control. So sometimes you may have to walk alone. But when you walk alone, know that God is there. And so I just got a, my connection with God strengthened. Yeah. I listened to my spirit whenever I went anywhere. Sometimes people would recognize me and sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes they recognize me and be ready to verbalize how they felt. I took it. I didn't fight back. I didn't offer a rebuttal. Everybody's hurting about that. Everybody's hurting. Everybody's scared. Everybody need to blame somebody. That was me. That's right. They blamed me. Okay, fine. And that's just so crazy. Um, but I, I'm just sitting here and and on all your story, and I'm listening to the chills because you know when you don't have anyone to talk to, um, mm-hmm. and you don't have anyone to turn to, it is something that you have to do internally, um, and and dig deep to really bring out this courageousness uh, mm-hmm. to change something up about you know your situation, so, and uh, um, yeah. The song, um... Mariah Carey, a hero. And then a hero comes along with the strength to carry on me. (laughs) That was me. You have to be your own hero. You have to learn to encourage yourself. You have to learn that you are just as important as anybody else. And you deserve to be happy just like anybody else, even if it means you're by yourself. So right. if you can't be happy by yourself, then how are you going to be happy with somebody else in your life? You're not That's right. trying, you don't want anyone to be in your life to make you happy. You want someone in your life to enhance mm-hmm. the happiness within you. Right. And when that does not happen, then you know you got to cut that off and keep it moving. So that song did it for me. And I then I, I listened to um, Ain't No Stopping Us Now. Right? Oh, yeah. So I made it personal. I made it the personal poetry pronouns there have been so many things that's brought me down but now it looks like things are finally turning around so every every time I use those songs it was I personalized them to me yeah even in my prayers and the scriptures that I read where it says you and they and them I said I and me those were the pronouns that I used because I needed to feel that God was talking to me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I needed to know that those songs were specifically for me and that's how I was able to increase awareness, my motivation, my encouragement, because I didn't always get the encouragement. I, was, I, I most of the time received criticism. Yeah. yeah. All the, you know, it was criticism for me. It was nothing that I could do right. I decided to go to the library to get a book on counseling to learn to counsel me and my children myself. And she should have took them to counseling and she's not mm-hmm. a registered counselor and this and that. But, you know, you wasn't walking in my shoes. You That's don't right. know what we were going through That's in right. order for me to even make that decision because it mm-hmm. was a lot of thought that went into that. Well, yeah, you talk about your children and um, yes, you you do have a demanding career in terms of just all that you're doing right now in your work, women and men, um, mm-hmm. as it relates to domestic violence. But how in the world are you finding the balancing act to it all (laughs) and your personal well-being and self-care? I've learned to set up healthy boundaries. I I know which hats I wear and at what time. And that is how I was able to do that. So when I, because because I am a speaker, which means I'm self-employed. 
So I have a schedule. I work from nine to five, even when I'm not speaking. I have an hour lunch, two 15-minute breaks. <laughs> After five o'clock, I take no calls. I do no emails. I don't respond to anything. Saturdays and Sundays, that's family time, period. Mm-hmm. Do not interrupt that. That's how I had to do that moving forward. Now that they're adults, you know, the right. adults, you know, they <laughs> a lot more time for self-care now. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I would my uh, one of the things that I love to do is to go near water. Water is where I read. Me too. I love so the water. I go over by the what they call it Heinz Point. Watch the airplanes take off and land. Another one of my stomping grounds. (laughs) (laughs) Sit over by the water or go down by the harbor and just take that walk down that little trail near the water and just sit on the bench. Those are my two places that I go to re-energize because I need the water. I need the water. Same. I'm totally guilty of that too. I love the Mm -hmm. water as well. Well, let me ask you, so what is next on the horizon for you and and what you're doing? Do you have anything coming up that we all need to kind of be tuned into? I have an engagement of alternative uh, voices that's, uh, and it's virtual because, you know, we're not going anywhere yet. Uh, for speaking engagement no time soon (laughs) no time soon so all of my engagements are virtual and you can look on my website to find out what i'm doing next and that's mildredmohammed.com and if you want to send me an email you can send it to after the trauma at yahoo.com i answer all emails within 24 hours Awesome. And before we, before I let you go, because I would love to always, I would love to pick your brain for (laughs) more than now. Um, I'm a big quote person and I always like to hear what inspires other people in terms of their quotes or even words of affirmations that they Mm -hmm. use. And if you have a quote or um, something inspirational that you can leave us with, would love to hear it. The quote that I put on my Facebook page and, and that I truly live by is release your faith knowing with assurance that all circumstances will work in your favor today. Mm. Wow. Even when it doesn't look like it, even when it doesn't look like it, it's working in your favor because we don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. We know what happened five minutes ago, but we don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. So it's just best to stay open and to receive what it is that you're asking to receive. Be careful what you ask for because, you know, you just <laughs> might get it. So be mindful of your thoughts. Be mindful of your words because right now in this, where we are, our words and our thoughts do come into fruition. They do manifest into what we want. So that's why I say release your faith. When you release your faith, you know that God is going to answer your prayer. Knowing with assurance, no doubt whatsoever. No doubt that all circumstances, not some, not a few, but all circumstances will work in your favor. Not yesterday, but today. Oh, I'm getting chills. (laughs) (laughs) That's just so powerful. The mind shifting needing to happen. All the time it has to. If you don't love yourself, no one else will. That's right. We, we teach people how to treat us. So if you don't love yourself, yes. make sure when you're when you're trying to um, when you want someone in your life. Right. Do scan how you feeling emotionally, because mm-hmm. if you're feeling unworthy, you don't uh, unloved. That's the kind of person that's going to come to you. 
That's right. If you're failing, you love yourself, you got you just in love with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Then that's the kind of person that you look forward to. So be careful the energies that you put out. I, you know, when you say that, I think about some of my past, you know, not relationships in terms of romantical, but just right, relationships just in general, friends right. and, you know, mm-hmm. people that Colleagues. I work with. And I, I think about the times that I was feeling during those moments when I might have met that person. And you're right, the things I would accept from these individuals because of right. how I was feeling about myself. And thank right. goodness for growth. I'm, I'm in another space and I'm attracting a tribe like you would not believe. You know what I mean? Got to switch that thinking. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's a process. And I am relishing in this amazing moment in time from, from myself and, and the people that I've, you know, have been put in my space. So great. Absolutely. I'm grateful to be in your space today. I am. Thank Thank you so very much for this opportunity to share with your audience. I wish you so much success with your podcast and everything else that you're doing because you're doing a wonderful job. What I feel that you're doing is you're touching the hearts of the people that need the love and support, especially during this pandemic. A lot of people don't have people to pour into them. And that's what you're doing. Your show pouring in love, pouring in affirmations, pouring in encouragement to those people who feel so alone. Suicide is so high right now. Yes, yes, absolutely. And with that said, Mildred, thank you again. I hope later on you can come back on the show um, when you can share amazing things that you're doing. Yes, Um, So thank you again. Thank you. I appreciate it. The Word. The Word. The word on this episode is brought to you by Michael Tonge, who is a cultural strategist and entrepreneur based out of LA, but from Brooklyn, New York, and doing such great things in his community and globally, really, to bring minority cultural awareness to the forefront of his advertising and marketing initiatives. He has a really good quote that I want to share with you as it relates to the power of our mind and being mindful of what we feed it. He says, it's the small habits, how you spend your mornings, how you talk to yourself, what you read and what you watch, who you share your energy with, who has access to you that will change your life. I thought this was super powerful um, and (laughs) reminded me of what my mom used to tell me, you know, birds of a feather flock together. I'm sure, you know, that's something all of our moms have probably said to us a time or two. But I love that because that's within the same vein of what Michael is talking about here. As much as you want to believe that people in your life um, are here for you in your betterment, it's not always the case. And sometimes we find that out the hard way. Think also about what you're doing with your time and ask yourself, is this benefiting me or is it posing more challenges? So with that, thank you, Michael. Um, Protect your energy, guys, and join me next week on the Know You First podcast. Executive producer and host, Amanda Smith. Sound engineer is Rashad Smith. Music by Motion Array. Know You First podcast is published by Wave Sync Media.